It's the Reprobate Travel Cast. If you don't like it, you could kiss my ass. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's the Reprobate Travel Cast. If you don't like it, smoke Chris Porter's grass. Oh, yeah. That's a Martin guitar and a Gibson guitar. Yep. Together makes pretty good sound, I think. Yeah. Yeah, this is. I the, think that's proof positive that there's no need for war. No, we just. Uh, Doesn't matter what names on the guitar. Yeah, man, they could work together. Doesn't in matter harmony. what images on your helmet. Right. Doesn't matter what fake book do you believe in. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter. Uh, I got Chris Porter with me here on the Reprobate Travel Cast from Los Angeles, California. And uh, he has a, a bag of marijuana. It's actually a container. Cause, uh, but a, like a bag full of different marijuana products. He's got... Oh, yeah. He's got actual weed, different strands. He's got... Flower. Buds. We, buds. Buds, yeah. He's got a, a Rice Krispie Treat. Yes. Tea bags. Yeah, those were free. Those were... They give, they're giving Monday. away... Monday, Monday's tea bag day at the dispensary. Get, the, get out of here. Yeah, Tuesday's joint day. I think Wednesday's like edible day. Let me tell you, I was sitting here. I, it's been a long time since I've been to L.A. And what you hear in the background, I'm sure. Yeah, we got a little noise going in the background. Just uh, bear with us, folks. It <clears throat> shouldn't hurt anything. No, it's just uh, it's just Franklin Avenue. But uh, for all the bad L.A. has, I mean, it's a, it's, it's a little busy for me. Yeah. It's a little traffic-y. Yeah. <clears throat> There's, it's ha- like a lot of scumbags. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm one to talk. But, uh, but you know, like uh, for all the bad, you have dispensaries where you can <clears throat> basically go in. And, and just buy. It's a store that sells pot. If you get pulled over with this bag, you just go, look, here's my. Yeah, but if they think you've been smoking, you can still get busted for DUI. So what do you do? Throw the bag in your trunk till you get home or something? No, I mean uh, you can. I believe you can have it in the cabin, but most like you know they stapled the sack, so they know the sack's been opened. I mean, obviously they could smell it. Okay, so you want to keep the bag stapled. Now, what? How hard was it to get a um, card? Not hard. <laughs> yeah, not hard. It was. Uh, I'm starting to like LA. It was just, you know. It's like a dance that you do where you the doctor convince you convince the doctor that you're not a cop and the and the doctor convinces you that he's a real doctor and he uh you know you go in there and you gotta sell it you know like I and it wasn't hard for me it, it, it actually is the truth I I get very anxious the night before flights and I get anxiety due to travel and so I just went with that and so and I I knew it was something that if necessary I could prove and. That's what I went with, and you know, the doctor and I talked for a little while, and we did it, and then uh, that was, and I just keep going to the same guy. So now I just walk in. He's like, "Is it still working?" I go, "Yep." And then he's like, "Try yoga." I go, "Okay," and that's it. And, <laughs> uh, but back to LA, you know, it is trafficy, but no more trafficy than any other major city. I mean, it's just on a grandiose level. It and drives you, me crazy. But when you live here, you start learning the ins and outs of it, the back roads, the, you know, it's like Elizabeth Taylor said, she was like, what's, <laughs> she was asked, what advice would you give young actors moving to Los Angeles? And her advice was take Fountain. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know? That's, that's excellent. And man. Fountain is the kind of the parallel road to Sunset Boulevard yeah. and Santa Monica Boulevard for quite some time. And it's, it's always not. It's almost always running smoothly, and you can take Fountain, and you can get down to La Cienega real quick. And That's awesome. But, and it's just like, instead of the 101, you take Ventura to the Cahuenga Pass. Like, you learn these things, and, and 
you know, there's other little shortcuts I could have given you to get here, but it would have just been really hard to explain. But once you live here, it just becomes second nature. Yeah, like, yeah. oh, there's track. Well, I can go this way, and I can go this way, and all these things. Like, uh, so it, you know, Ella, and it is full of scumbags, but it's no, I don't think the scumbagginess is, I mean, obviously in the entertainment industry, it's more proportion, it's more. I mean, there's prominent. some crazy people here, though. Like a special different kind of crazy than I've well, seen in yeah, any other city. Well, yeah, because this is a town where people have dreams and they usually turn out terribly. And, you know, they get addicted to, you know, no one dreams of turning out on the streets. Right, right. So, and then they had dreams beyond that. And so. We're talking to comedian Chris Porter, by the way, here on the RTC. And so it's like, uh, yeah, there is going to be a different kind of crazy here. Uh, but, and, you know, especially here in Hollywood, you have to deal with, you know, a, a lot of it. Because it's touristy. Uh, it is the entertainment capital of the world or whatever it says it so is. So you sound like you really love this city. You're defending it pretty, pretty fast. I don't, yeah, I do love Los Angeles. You know, I just... You know, people that say it's a shit town and it's filled Oh, with... I don't say this is a shit town. No, I'm not saying you said that. No, I'm just but, saying but when people... There, it's funny. L.A. is like a, a, a woman who's bipolar to me. Like, one day she loves me and the next day she kicks me in the nuts. Yeah. But, you know, but that's the entertainment industry. And that that really doesn't have anything to do with... Los Angeles as a city is beautiful almost yeah, it every is. day. Yeah, it's dirty in parts. It's beautiful in parts, but California is a beautiful state. Uh, just aesthetically, I mean, I grew up in Kansas, which is beautiful in its own way, but is not nearly as. But California's beauty, there's four different climates within a hundred miles of here. Yeah, it's incredible. You, you know go what up I'm to saying? Big Bear, and you got skiing. Yeah, you can go to Palm Springs and you're in the middle of the desert. Yep. You can go up to Santa Barbara and it's like you're on you're in Hawaii almost. Yeah, you yeah. know, it's like suit. So, and then you drive an hour south and you're basically in Mexico. Like it's fucking crazy for and 4 hours away is Vegas and 5 hours away is San Francisco and two cities could not be any more different. Right. And San Diego, another city that could not be any more different than those two. You know, it's like there's so you know when you grow up in a town like Kansas City and the nearest cities are Omaha, St. Louis, Tulsa, and Oklahoma City, and Wichita, and Wichita doesn't even really count. Like those cities are all pretty much the same. Like, yeah, Kansas City definitely has its own vibe because of the jazz history. I mean, there's the subtle party. histories, but yeah. it doesn't punch you in the face like say going to San Francisco from here. Way different city. Absolutely. And but yeah, you're absolutely right. You definitely see remnants of Kansas City and St. Louis and Omaha. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> so, uh, and that's what I love about Los Angeles. And I love that the you know I love the fucking fake ass electricity in the air. Like there is an energy out here. You know. <laughs> yeah, what yeah, I'm yeah. I could feel. I could feel that. And yeah. people are motivated. You know. A lot of people are motivated out here. Like, there's a different class of people because they've already made the decision. And it's a big decision and one a lot of people can't make to leave their families and leave where they're from, to move out here, to chase a dream. And so these are people that are already have some motivation. And it's different than when I, you know, I live in Kansas City and there's a lot of people that, for lack of a better word, are just waiting to die. They just go to work every day. They come home. They fucking watch TV. They uh -huh. wake up the next day. Every year they go to the lake. They're not really seeing anything new. And then they wonder why they're miserable. Uh -huh. You know what I'm saying? Meanwhile, they had these dreams where I wanted to do this that they never chased because they got married and had children, which are all beautiful things. But that You know, there's still that regret there. So there's like... There's a lot of motivated people out here. And there's yeah. a lot of things that you can do here that you can't do anywhere else. And it's also in a city that's alive, like New York, where if you can't say you're bored ever. Right. You're never bored. If you are, it's just because you're too lazy to go out and do something. While in Kansas City and in a lot of cities that aren't the major, the big five cities, it's easy to get bored. Mm -hmm. You know, if the, Yeah. 
the baseball team's not playing basketball. You know, if you've been to all the bars and you're tired of this scene and you're tired of that scene. And I like Los Angeles because of its massiveness. Like, in Kansas City, you, you meet a girl on the plaza and you date her and shit doesn't go well. You can't go in. Like, you can still go to other parts of the city. Odds are you might run into her. Uh-huh. But while in L.A., like, it's so massive. Like, I don't really have to worry about running into the girl I just broke up. Okay. Like, I really, like, I don't have to worry about that. And, and you know what? If, if you, if LA's filled, if you don't think LA's filled with anything but douchebags, it's because you've surrounded yourself with nothing but douchebags. And it's just, and I didn't say that, someone else said this, but for, like, as cool, as douchey as the douchebags are, right. the cool people are that much cooler. Yeah, yeah, that's you right. You know what I'm saying? And, fuck, man, there's parts of this, you know, when we all make enough money to live up in the hills, we're going to love this town. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because why do people live in the hills? Because it's fucking awesome. It's views. <laughs> it's quiet. It's amazing. And you feel like you can do just about Because you can. Like, the cops aren't going to come up there unless you playing your guitar too loud. You can... You know, it's just... And you can... And then at the bow on the present... Of L.A. is, yeah, smoke pot. Yeah. Go ahead. I don't have to worry <laughs> about the cops. That's about the, the coolest floor. thing ever for me. I mean, I've been all over the world, and even in Southeast Asia, where uh, the cab driver would reach back and hit our joint in the yeah. cab. Like, even there, you can still get in a little bit of hot water. Yeah. But, not. I mean, you give the guy probably 20, 30 bucks. That's a month's, yeah. you know, and he's like, okay, go ahead. But, yeah. Uh, Unless you're, like, trafficking or something. You, you know, you can smoke weed there. Here, it seems to be um, uh, pretty... You, you don't get in a lot of trouble. Now, what would happen if I got caught with weed and I don't have a permit? Well, it's, would... it doesn't matter because it's still decri- it's still decriminalized. You know, that's... Schwarzenegger said that at, when he was still in office after the, the Prop 19 failed. Uh-huh. He goes, it doesn't even matter because I decriminalized it. Up to like an ounce, and even then it's like a speeding ticket or something. But up to an ounce, it's not even a ticket, or it's less than jaywalking. It's odds are they're going to tell you to fucking give it to them and leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just like it's this fast. It's this thing where I don't have to hide it. I can walk. If I'm at the improv and I want to get stoned, I just walk like two storefronts down because they're closed, and I just smoke pot, man. And That's people fantastic. walk by and they're. You know, you might get the dirty look every once in a while, but not really. And, but at the same time, and then there's just the buying it at a store. There's that. There's not having to worry about whether Dave's hooked up, whether he's off work or in a good mood or any of that. Like, you don't have to worry about shit. It's a store. It's open from this time to this time. And if that store closes before you get to it, there's a couple of stores that are open until two in the morning. Like... And if you don't like that store, you go to this store. And because of that competitive market, you get shit like free teabag Mondays and free joint Tuesdays. Because Now tell me, what other stuff can we find at these stores? Um, well, I mean, a slew of edibles. I mean, anything from Rice Krispie Treats to candy bars to popcorn to sodas to barbecue sauce to anything that can be made with butter, really. Uh you know, you can find something. The pot sodas, meh. I've had them. Problem with liquids is you just pee them out. I mean, it doesn't really have time to absorb all. That's why there's massive amounts of THC in there. And then they taste like shit. But the, you know, that Rice Krispie is fucking delicious. Yeah. I've had a couple of them and they're great. And they're, they are just destructive. And there's these things called hubby bars that I had half a one. And it felt like the onset of mushrooms. I was just sitting there with my guitar, just. <laughs> Isn't that just listen to that? <laughs> yeah, I. That's just so. It's so significant. Yeah, that's. Like uh, that's why the monks do it. Like that. Like that's what that yeah, fucking man. edible did to me. And that uh, is just beautiful, though. Yeah, just open E. Just why do we need the other five strings or frets? Yeah, well, you could probably do a lot with the with the E, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, 
So, yeah, so when people talk shit on L.A., it's just like I have a tendency to not defend them, but maybe just give them a different perspective. Yeah, I, uh... Because there are parts that suck. Like, yeah, I did wake up the other morning and there was a vagrant in my... The lobby of my apartment building that I had to kick out. And, like... But that's because I'm living in Hollywood. But I'm living in Hollywood because I'm getting a really good deal. And why am I getting a really good deal? Because there might be a vagrant in my lobby. Oh, jeez. You know, so... But, I mean, this place ain't bad. And I don't really... They don't make it up here. I've never really had any problems. Uh... You know, it is what it is. and You love the town. You're in love with L.A. Yeah. If, I mean, if L.A. was a woman, would you fuck it, yes or no? No, because I know all the people it's been with. Oh, okay. Well, but you still have you still like hanging out with her a lot. Yeah, she's that good, she's that good whore friend that you kind of think about maybe when you're jerking off, but you never stick your dick into because you know what she's done to people. I hear you. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but at the same time, if you got drunk enough, you probably would. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I love Kansas City, man. I mean, that's my hometown. I was just there. It's beautiful. I like Kansas City a lot, yeah. And uh, I like the food. I love the food. I mean, I love the food in Kansas City. And I just like the poor. Like, the one thing I was telling people, like, the food in L.A. is great, but you can't eat till you're tired. Like, the portions are not like they are in Kansas City, which is good. It's actually very healthy for you. But uh-huh. at the same time... Sometimes I want to eat till I'm tired. Yeah, me too. And uh, that's, I mean, that's a $90 meal here in L.A. You know, you got to go to like a real steakhouse or or the opposite. You got to go to IHOP or some shit or mm-hmm. Denny's or what have you. So it's, uh, but you know, I love San Francisco. I'd live in San Francisco if there was any reason for me to live there whatsoever. But there's not. You know, no, but you, you, uh, it's a, it's an amazing city. How are the audiences there? Amazing. Incredibly smart. Not judgmental. I mean, some of them are, but they're not because they get it. You know, I mean, you got to realize all the talent that's come out of there and the punchline is probably my favorite club. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's just. It's old school, the bar's in the back, the wait staff know what the fuck they're doing. Uh, it's a very cool, it's like downtown, so you walk out, it's nothing but sky, you know, there's this courtyard, there's nothing but skyscrapers around you. It's San Francisco is even more laid back than LA as far as reefer goes, so I just walk outside, light up a joint, and thank the crowd for coming out, they come walking right up to me, and... Thanks for coming. Oh, can I hit that? Sure. Oh, you're smoking? Well, here, I'll light some up. Oh, That's you cool. You want some? No, thanks, man. I don't do that. But just, you know, there was never anyone that was like, oh, my God, he smoked your pot outside the club. Oh, my God. Yeah, I can't imagine anybody. I guess there's people still like that. But yeah, if I see somebody smoking a joint, I'm more likely to ask them for a hit. You know, I think. Well, yeah. and But like. But in Columbus, Ohio, you might have a No, in Columbus, I get in trouble for it all the time. I don't know how many cops have run off with my weed, you know? Yeah, I was in Dayton. I wasn't even smoking pot in the room. I just had the pot in the room. Somehow the smell got out. I think it was because my bag was right in front of the air conditioner. But uh, I I was actually coming back in from smoking pot and doing a bunch of other shit. Like I was gone for like two hours, but I came in... Had, had he just smoked pot and I couldn't get into my room I come back to they're like yeah we're kicking you out of our hotel for smoking pot and I was like but I wasn't they're like I can smell it on you right now I was like cause I was outside smoking pot yeah I wouldn't do that to your hotel yeah and they you know and it was just like fuck this isn't shit I have to deal with a lot you know where I live well, well I gotta take a break uh, and run downstairs and feed the meter alright but uh, you want to play another tune, man? You want to sure, jam man. out for a minute? We'll, we'll do it. We'll be back with uh, Chris Porter, comedian, uh, musician, writer. I mean, you do it all. I try. Uh, we'll be right back. Hang in there. Wow, we're back. I'm an idiot. Uh, the rest of this interview with Chris Porter, there's going to be a loud buzz. I'm sorry. You may want to turn off now. I, I'm a bonehead. He got me so high 
that uh, I pulled the mic unplugged to have them listen to some of the audio, and I forgot to plug it back in, so now there's a big buzz. I'm just an idiot. I'll never smoke weed with Chris Porter again. I love that song. Oh, man, and, and it's so funny. He sang a great song, I'm Gonna Kick You in the Face with Love, which is hilarious, and we had a great rest of an interview. It's a shame. Um... That, that I'm such a bonehead that I did this again. Every time I have somebody from Comedy Central on, I fuck it up and drop the ball. I did it with um, Dan Cummins. I mean, I just, I, I'm so frustrated. I, I'm such a fuck up. I really am. So if uh, bad audio annoys you, you may want to turn off now. If not, uh, please continue to listen because uh, it's a great interview with Chris Porter. He's just an interesting and uh, entertaining cat all around and a great guitar player, great musician. I was lucky to have him on the show. Next time I have uh, anybody on, I promise I won't drop the ball like that again, stoned or not. But, you know, I'm only 30-some uh, episodes in on this, and I'm still making some mistakes. Yeah, whenever, you do, whenever you're new to anything, you make mistakes. And this is uh, one of those cases. So um, enjoy the rest of the interview. If, not, uh, if, if the buzz bothers you and you want to tune out, that's cool. We will catch you next week. Thanks for listening. Here's the rest of the interview with comedian, world traveler, Chris Porter. from a guy that beats his wife to his wife. <laughs> yeah. I was, watching, I was watching, like, uh, Springer, like, long after it reached its peak, like, like long after the movie, and he had some chick on there, and he was like, why do you stay with this guy that beats you? And she said, because he loves me. Was he loves her so much he hits her, I guess. Yeah, so I was like, well, if he loves her, I bet he'd write a song for her. And I thought it would be funny <laughs> to write a, a song about that. So, uh, yeah, so that's that's where that came about. And Jake's getting a text message. No, sorry. Just FYI. <laughs> yeah. I had to mute it, man. <laughs> He's so in demand. Yeah. He's so in demand. Have you tried to get a hold of Jake lately? It's tough. It, no, it's really not. It will be soon, though. 
Yes. Because he's in L.A. making shit happen. Trying, man. Give it one more crack, you know. Give, take one more shot at it. Well, I don't know if staying here for a week is really giving it one more crack. <laughs> I'm staying for a month or two. I'm going to see what happens. Oh, okay, I got, cool. I got, uh, you know, I got to finish this project, and I don't know how long that's going to take. Yeah. Well, good. Well, enjoy the weather, man. I mean, you, you've come out this next month is going to be fun because we got the June gloom, which will keep it cool. And uh, what? For those of you who don't know, June gloom uh, in L.A., because we're in a basin near the ocean, this marine layer of clouds comes over every morning. And so every morning it's cloudy, but then it burns off at like 2 mm-hmm. o'clock in the afternoon, and it keeps it cool, keeps it down to like 75, 80 degrees. And then once that stops happening in July, it starts getting fucking ballsy. Yeah, I mean, this... You love this city. You've been all, you make a living traveling. That's like uh, yeah. your thing. And uh, you've been all over the world or all over the... I've been all over the hemisphere. That's cool. I'll give it that. Yeah, I've been almost pretty much on every end of the hemisphere. What uh, are some of the... Um, how about like uh, the, the most exotic place you've been? Well, uh, Fairbanks, Alaska is pretty fucking exotic on a different level. That is a pretty cool place, I hear. Guantanamo Bay, Cuba. Tell us about Guantanamo Bay. I remember you got caught being an Al-Qaeda agent, and they put you in there for a while. Yeah, 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 but I joked my way out. (laughs) That's good. No, really, you were there uh, helping, you were entertaining the troops. Entertaining the troops, and it was fun, and it, you know, a lot of people, and I knew, anyone who saw it, fucking a few good men knows that Guantanamo Bay was there long before it was a prison and so uh, like that was one of my favorite movies growing up and so it was fun to go back go see it and they only actually filmed one scene there right and we got to do a show right where they filmed that scene it's the scene where Nicholson and Cruz and Moore are all at the fucking table and it's this whole courtroom's out of order. No, no, I no, love no. that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the scene, <laughs> the scene where they're eating breakfast, that's the uh, other one actually I'm thinking shot about on something else. But they, you know, they took us on a tour. They showed us prisons. They took us uh, to the Northwest Gate, which is the line between them and Cuba. And uh, they were very hospitable. They, you know, they demanded respect, which was not hard. Did you not smoke the whole time? No, I didn't smoke the whole time. How was that? Like, uh, mentally, was you know, it? it? it's... It's fine for me. It, it, uh, the only problem is sleeping becomes a bit of an issue. And uh, But, you know, I had good friends, and they put you up in these sweet-ass townhouses that are nice. And, uh, you know, we ended up, you know, one of the shows was 500. You know, there's different levels of camps. And we did a show for the troops, but it was 500 yards away from the worst of the worst. Oh, wow. Like, it's a 30-foot-high fence, chain-link with black plastic wrapped around it so you can't see in or out. And, uh, oh, wow. Yeah. And there were, like, uh, you know, they're still very protective. Like, there were parts of it where we couldn't take pictures. and uh, Yeah, it was just, it was really cool to see and be a part of it. Yeah, I bet. I mean, that's something uh, pretty much nobody can say. I went to Guantanamo Bay, Cuba, and entertained the troops. Yeah, there's not a lot of people that can. I mean, that happens all the time, but yeah, it's still a handful. Just to have a Cuban stamp in your passport and not go to jail for it. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. You know? And I got my my dad a t-shirt from the only Irish bar on Cuban soil. Oh, wow. You know, he couldn't get enough of it. Oh, that's awesome. Where where else? What are some Uh, other cool places? The cool places, Vancouver, Canada's amazing. Uh, you did. You just got back from Mexico. Just got back from Rocky Point, Mexico. I was the first English-speaking comedian in Rocky Point, Mexico. No shit. Yeah, they're erecting some sort of statue. And, no, I'm kidding. Uh, no, but the uh, it was amazing. They put us up in this. It was at this beautiful condo resort, and uh, they put us up. I had my own private condo, which was basically like a luxury apartment, and just, I mean, I've never felt, I don't think I've ever had digs like that at a gig, and it was just amazing. 
really amazing. You got out on the town, too, a little bit, huh? Yeah, we went out into the town uh, a little bit, drove by a few of the pharmacies. I wanted to buy some Valium and drove by a pharmacy, and there were two pharmacies standing outside. It was like, Valium! Oh, jeez. And they were like, yeah. And I was like, ah, nah, let me drive away. You didn't trust the, the local No, value. I just didn't know. I didn't know. Uh, what the laws were. And yeah, and getting it back in. And, like, I also didn't want to fucking have a bunch of value because I'd eat a lot of it. Right. And, uh, but next time I go, I'll probably get some. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, the, it's hilarious going into Mexico. There's a checkpoint. They just, like, they didn't check us. They just waved us through. And coming into the States, they they're stop, checking everything. They stop you three times. Yeah. They stop you once every 30 miles. And, so like the and they stop you again, and they're like, Are you sure you're who you say you are? Well, yeah, no, a lot of the first one, they're just like, Give us your passports, blah, blah, blah. Cool. And. That's at the Mexico border. The second one, they check your passports again. And then on the second one, the third one, we pulled up and they, they, uh, or no, at the, the second checkpoint, they go, are you all U.S. citizens? And we're like, yeah, because it's three white dudes. And they're like, all right, keep going. And, uh, and then, um, at the second one, they go, y'all, are you all USCs? And by the time... That and we'd been through the process so many times. We knew what that meant, and they knew we did. And we we're like, "Yeah, let's see ya." Mm-hmm. So it was just, but it was intense. And uh, uh, but no, it was it was a beautiful, it was a beautiful experience. It, beautiful country, beautiful people, good food. Good food started. You know, when I walked in the room, I just started laughing. I was like, "I can't believe I'm doing this." Be- I'm, this is my room because I can tell jokes. You know. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah. But then, you know, there's places that aren't on the West Coast that are amazing. Like, I mean, fucking Kansas City, Chicago, Nashville, Austin. I always have a good time in Tampa, down at the Improv there. Tampa's beautiful. Uh, Where did we... We've worked together in Oklahoma Oklahoma City. City. We got snowed in. Remember that? We were doing a gig there. And we had like three shows get canceled. Yeah. It snowed so hard that the whole city shut down. Well, in a city that has literally like six snowplows. Yeah, yeah. They weren't... They weren't prepared for a snow. It just came in out of nowhere. And and it was snow on top of ice on top of snow. It was crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was... Pretty, yeah, it was a cluster. It was us. We got in, we did the show, and they were like, this giant storm's coming, you have to go to the grocery store. And we went and bought a shit ton of groceries. And we did. And we basically hunkered down. Smoked some weed, played some guitar. Yeah. With Dustin Kaufman. Dustin Kaufman, funny dude. Very funny. Kansas City cat, living out here in L.A. now. Has his own show and flappers. Then we did, what, Indianapolis crackers that was fun i was kind of fucked up that week because i was just on my not drinking and i couldn't really find my rhythm on stage yeah but you still you know i think a lot of that was internal I, you know the show still went yeah obviously you weren't your normal self from someone who is intimate with your act you know yeah it was uh, i think i think this i think the audience you know they got you know they'd come back and see jake and yeah, yeah. I had, yeah, I've gotten a lot more control now that I've. I took a little time off, got back to it, and now yeah. it's working back out. I found my rhythm again, and now I'm writing more now that I'm not drinking and yeah. being more creative, podcasting, drinking. I'm, it's pretty crazy. You, you're not a huge drinker. Like now and then, you have a beer. I always notice that about you. You're mm-hmm. not like, you're not so into booze. No, it's not. You know, if I'm gonna get nauseous, I'd like to be tripping. You know, like, uh, I don't, you know, a four beer buzz is good to me. Like, that's a really good buzz. And it's gotten to a point now where a four beer buzz can still give me a pretty vicious hangover if I don't treat it correctly. Mm -hmm. I got to eat something before I go to sleep. 
man, we drank a lot. We've been on the road for a long time. Yeah. And, you know, when it's that readily available, it's usually free. Uh, it's usually the staff wants you to go out and drink. With, like, it's not frowned upon. As right. As you, you know, and that gets dangerous. It does. And uh, I just had to get away from it. And now, you know, I don't drink. You know, there's a 12-pack of Stella in the refrigerator, and I... I might have one tonight. I might not. I don't know. It's been in there for a week. See, I'm more... When I drink, I just keep going, you know? Yeah, I'm... Well, you, see, you have good control, I, you know? Well, yeah, I just get to a point where I just... I'm like, I don't dig this anymore. Mm-hmm. Now, there's definitely nights where I'm like, we're out, or I'm trying to fuck a chick, or whatever. You know, that usually backfires, but who cares? I'm not... <laughs> right. Uh, but, and also the thing is, living in Los Angeles... The cops really only look for two things, and that's DUIs and seat. Well, three things: DUIs, seatbelts, and cell phones. <clears throat> now, that, you're not allowed to talk on the cell phone while you drive here. You're not allowed to have it up to your face. You can use a Bluetooth. I drove right by a cop with with mine today. I didn't. I had no idea. I'm lucky I didn't get pulled over. But huh? you have a. But you have Ohio tags, right? Yeah. Oh but yeah. I've, I've had a cop come up to me. I was at this stoplight on a bike and knocked out because I have a convertible so my seatbelts like go over my shoulder but then they go down instead of like you know how so he can't exactly see it he can't exactly see it and uh, so he comes knocking on my window and goes can you pull over for me I was like sure man and that's what's cool about you know I grew up in Kansas City and you grew up in Ohio where cops pull you over because they're bored Right. Right. So this guy pulling me over, I knew I hadn't done anything wrong, so I knew I was probably going to be okay. And I pulled over, and he rides up on his, and he walks up, and he goes, oh, you are wearing your seatbelt. Sorry about that. See you later. Like, that was it. Did you say, hey, fuck you, pig? No, I was like, no worries. See you later, man. The only time I ever got mad at a cop was there's this stop sign that I obviously made an attempt to stop. I didn't stop completely. But there was no one coming. I wasn't putting anyone in danger. And honestly, the stop sign should be a yield sign because it's like a right, like a curve right turn off a major, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's a pretty weak stop sign. And there was a cop just sitting there busting people, and I lost, I won that lottery. So he pulls me over, and while he's pulling me over, I'm looking in my rearview mirror, and I just see six, seven, eight, just people just blow, like not even stopping like, not even slowing down, just blowing right through it. And that's that was the only time where I was like, well, I wasn't doing nearly what that dude was doing. And uh, that's really the only time. But... Listen to that. That's a, <laughs> a six o'clock bus or whatever. Yep. I, uh... I... You know, there's like a million ticket... Like, I went to the ticket hitman or something. Like, it was. it's all like... There's companies all around that just help you fight tickets and get them off your record and stuff. So it's been a pretty easy process. That's cool. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I think I'm. I'm gonna like this trip. You know, so far I'm having a pretty good time. Well, man, anything you need, I got for you. That's cool. Yeah, you know, me casa su casa. I appreciate it. I wrote a little short song. try to sleep I feel nothing but doom Wanna hop the border down to Mexico to buy volume Then I did not trust it So I had to say fuck it I don't have no room for a rest so no volume I say no to Mexican whoop, no to Mexican volume <laughs>
little Mexican volume song. Good night, America. <laughs> any final words for our uh, listener? Any any travel tips? Um. Yeah. Um. I always try to get the emergency exit row. Tell us why. You get extra leg room, and always get the. Because a lot of times there's two emergency exit rows in the middle of the plane, and you want the one nearest, the furthest back, because the first one, the seats don't recline. Okay. Uh, but the second one, you do. Um, what else? That's a good one. Yeah, put all your shit in your. Always wear a jacket on a plane, like a light one. I always wear a hoodie, because. While it may be 85 degrees on the ground, it is always negative 50 degrees at 35,000. Yeah, it gets cold, man. Yeah. And when I see dudes in shorts and stuff, I'm just like, you are going to be, it's going to be chilly. Yeah. Yeah. Always dress for fall on airplanes. Yeah, for sure. I mean, even when I was in Southeast Asia, I was like wearing a jacket when I got off the plane. Yeah. And then I was like, I don't need this shit. No. That, that heat hits you right in the face as you get off and you're just like, wow, it's relentless, man. Like, I was just covered in sweat pretty much the whole trip. That and never, ever trust a man named Jake Hanley. Yeah, that's probably true. Or a Chinese guy in a cowboy hat. Oh, God, no. Yeah, that's a little weird. I don't know what the fuck. Or a cowboy in a Chinese hat. Yeah, yeah, like with one of those rice hats. Yeah, yeah. Something fucked up's going on. Yeah, he he killed somebody. He's trying to get away. Right, he's trying to disguise himself as a Chinaman. Yeah. Pretty much. In the middle of Los Angeles. Yeah. What a yeah, it's fucked up. Oh, and uh, the Jews ain't so bad. Yeah, that's a good tip for travel. Yeah, because you're gonna run into those people now and then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in the Midwest, I know you only see them on TV, but they're they're fine. They're just like me and you. Yeah. Oh, uh, we do have a fan page on Facebook. Check us out, the Reprobate Travel Cast fan page. We're on iTunes. We're on Blueberry.com. B L U B R R Y. If you're thinking of starting a podcast, that's a good site. Very user friendly. And uh, uh, Porter, tell, real quick before we go, tell us a little bit about um, some of your credits. I know you you've been on Comedy Central. Yes. That's awesome. Thank you. Uh, that's that's you know amazing to me. I appreciate it. I would kill somebody to be on Comedy Central. Well, I, killing me would not do it. Where are your knives? Uh, they're at the Sharpeners. <laughs> Picked a bad you, week. You were on uh, Last Comic Standing, and you were you placed really high, which is uh, yeah. really difficult I to do. I placed high, really high. Um, That's hard to do. There's, I mean, there's only, like, so many comics. And you came in, like, what, second or something? Third, I got third. Third? To a guy with a handicap and a black guy, so that's not well. You know that that's going to happen. Yeah, that's they, America. That is. No, the, I I feel great. I mean, I I completely respect Josh Anti, so like I I don't mind finishing third of those. Guys. I think pretty much the the thing about Last Comic Standing, they were very good at picking solid comics. Whether you agreed with where they placed exactly, the top three or four are going to be solid, solid comics. Early on, yeah, I would say that. Uh, later. You know, after our season, it got, like, our season was bare bones. Like, it was about comedy. They were just relaunching the show after it had gotten canceled after season three. So, it was stand-up comedy, us on a boat, doing stuff about stand-up comedy. And then our season was fairly successful. Uh I don't don't know the numbers. Uh, I probably wouldn't want to know. But it launched the next couple of seasons. Yeah. And well, they did make mistakes too, though. And then the second, and then the season yeah. after ours, they tried to make it way too much like American Idol, uh-huh. and it got weird. And and also, and then the the sixth season, the one Eliza won, and and Eliza since last Comic Standing uh-huh. has become an amazing comic. She's very good. Yeah. Uh, Last Comic Standing is not a good representation of the Eliza Fleshman. I think she's. Fu- I always thought she was funny. Now that yeah. fan, I don't know what the fuck happened there. That's that's the grandma vote. That's, you got to realize who's voting. Well, I'm not like a big Dat fan. My problem with season six was they went for a comic. They went. They specifically said they were looking for younger comics, uh-huh. not just in age, but in how long they'd been doing. It. Like, 
how Lewis Ramey made the how made that cut, I'll never know. But Lewis Ramey's pretty funny, isn't he? He is funny, but he's he's been doing it for years. I'm not saying he's not funny. I'm just saying because that's not. Oh, funny. I see. Because he was. But like, Lewis Ramey also suffered because he'd been doing it so long. Because none of those comics wanted to challenge him because they knew he'd been doing it long, and he could crush them. So he didn't get as much airtime as Eliza did or any of those other people. Uh huh. And so he, for all intents and purposes, just on a numbers like Vegas level, Lewis Ramey should have won that. Because oh, yeah. I he mean, was the most polished. Polished. He was the most. Uh, I'm not saying that Eliza shouldn't have won. You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying that if you just look at. If I was looking at a racing form. Of last comic. You're going to pick Lewis Ramey. I'm going to pick Lewis Ramey. Uh, if I had money uh, in that fight, I'd probably pick Lewis Ramey. And, uh, but, but, and so did everyone else. So did everyone else. Eliza's good, though. I'm not I, taking I'm not, anything from I'm her either. I'm not taking anything away from right. Eliza. I'm just saying, I'm saying before the contest itself, if you were to look at that yeah, list of people, sure. you'd be like, yeah. But... And Eliza, since then, and this is what Eliza's done that I don't that that fan couldn't do. Eliza took all this opportunity that she got from last comic stand and became a great comic. Uh huh. She did. April Macy did the same thing. Right. She took all the opportunity that she got and became a great comic. And Worked put, hard. And they did. And so, and now Eliza's got. Uh, Excused, which is her dating show, which is syndicated all over the place, mm-hmm. and it's doing amazing, and she's hilarious on it. And, uh, but again, my my problem with last that that last season of Last Comic Standing was that you had comics that were only doing it three years, and when I was on it, I had to do my like all every joke I had was forty five minutes, fifty minutes, and I had to do all of them, and I knew a lot of these comics didn't have it, and so they were writing. That week, these acts and going and trying to get them going, and they're uh-huh. going up with very fresh material, which is not, yeah, what you want for television. It's not what television wants from you, and it's not what you want for television. And so I felt bad for the comics because they weren't prepared for that. Right, and right. They should not have been thrown into that arena, and that's I think also what makes what Eliza did that much more amazing because she did it. I mean, she I was around her I was around the scene when they were filming the show and doing all that stuff but you know and then you know with and then with Felipe the problem was with Felipe he was a great comic but by then they kind of had enough of it of the last comic standing yeah you know what I'm saying and so he didn't really get as many opportunities as we got Mm -hmm. and another thing is and I felt bad for the comics I talked to one of them and he told me what they got. Because this is what happened. Our tour after Last Comic Standing was not put on by NBC or Last Comic Standing. It was put on by our agency. Awesome. And promoters. And so we got a bunch of money. We made a bunch of money off that tour. And when I talked to who I talked to and he told me what they were getting paid, it was an eighth or maybe a seventh of what, they, what we were getting Yeah. Paid. And it was because NBC and Last Comic Standing had gotten in on it. Uh-huh. And they took all the money. Yeah, yeah. So I felt bad for them, for that reason. Well, that's Hollywood for you. They say, well, you're getting exposure out of it, and uh, yeah, but it's we're doing like, you a favor. Yeah, but... You, exactly. You know? It's like, well, well, we did you... Like, you, didn't, you paid us scale, and 8 million people watched your show. Now here's your seven dollars. Be happy. We gave you exposure. Yeah, and it's like you pay. No, the scale. I mean, scale's amazing. It's like eight hundred dollars a day or some shit. Yeah. And then you get paid for your live performances, but it's all scheduled. Like there's no negotiating or anything like that. And it's like you made millions. You made millions. Even if it was a mediocre success, because that show is not expensive to produce. Right. Like we're on the. We were on the Queen Mary, and you know they didn't pay for that shit because Queen Mary needed all their exposure. Did you uh, have any paranormal activity happen while you were on the uh, Queen Mary? The Queen Mary is a haunted boat, right? They never showed the seance. It, is it had. a haunted boat? Is that what it is? It's a haunted cruise ship. It's a haunted cruise ship. It's supposedly haunted, yeah. And uh, 
Was there a seance? There was like this like seance that we had that they, I don't A seance full of comics. I wouldn't think that would be too effective. You're going to have too many guys no, joking around. And then, and and then the, all of a sudden, like, this candle went away, and it was just really stuffy, and it, it was just creepy, and it was... And Rebecca Corey, like, freaked the fuck out because she was like, I can't breathe because it kept pumping in all this smoke, and no one seemed to give a shit. And, uh, and Rebecca Corey had done enough television to where she could realize she, that she could fucking throw a temper tantrum. The rest of us were just excited to be on TV, and we're just like, I can't breathe, but we're on TV. <laughs> and, uh, oh, that's funny. So, uh, you know, and yeah, so. It's hard to believe that it's haunted when you're in front of nine cameras and something happens. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you're thinking something's up. They're, yeah, they're yeah, screwing yeah. with like, us. Like, all right. Really? It all happens in the hour? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but they never showed any of it because Rebecca flipped out in the middle of it. And <clears throat> I'm pretty sure me and Josh were kind of giving each other faces and shit like that. Like, oh, yeah. We weren't really into it. <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, but, yeah. Thanks for coming on the show, man. I appreciate you having me by. Thanks for stopping by Casa de Porter. Yeah, thanks for letting me smoke some of that uh, good marijuana. That really made my day. Uh, Thanks for tuning in, folks. Uh, We'll be back later this week, uh, broadcasting from right here in Los Angeles. And, uh, yeah, stay tuned. More surprise coming. Smoke weed. It's like... A and then G C There's a lady selling dildos over there.